Ignite your curiosity with Austin next. We're watching Austin transform from a thriving ecosystem into a global superstar. With our host, Jason Scharf, we aspire to better comprehend the true nature of innovation. Together, we will uncover what makes a successful ecosystem and navigate the technologies shaping our future. Now let's dive into what's next. The fuel that makes startups grow has always been capital. This is produced from revenue, debt, angels, crowdfunding, and venture capital. 2020 was a historic year for venture financing in Austin. We're just getting started. We smashed that record in the first six months of 2021. Not only that, but over the last 18 months, you've seen an influx of VC firms moving here and others raising fresh funds. In this episode, we're starting our series on the Austin capital environment, how it's evolved, where the funding is being deployed, and what the future holds. Today, we begin that exploration with longtime local VC, Brian Smith, the founder and managing director of S3 Ventures. S3 has been investing for over 15 years and has $600 million under management. At 29, Brian founded and served as chairman and CEO of Crossroads Systems. He led Crossroads through five rounds of financing and to a successful IPO in 1999. Brian ran Crossroads as a public company for nearly four years. Through his work, he served on a dozen boards and currently sits on the boards of Alchemy, Liquibase, Serranus, Solus Therapeutics, Tango Health, and VUV Analytics. Welcome, Brian, to the Austin Next Podcast. Great, Jason. Good to be here. Well, let's talk about how you got started in this. When you made the transition from Crossroads to S3, why did you do that and how did it work? Yeah, it's a great question. I had been, uh, as Jason mentioned, running the public company and had done some angel investing in the background. And the question really came you know, do I want to do another startup after having left the public company or did I want to help others build companies? And so it was really a, a growth out of that question that, that I answered that I was looking forward to helping others uh, build companies. And so began to move in that direction, uh, learned a lot and made a lot of mistakes in angel investing and then uh, started S3 from there with a great limited partner and, and have built it ever, ever since. So tell us a little bit more about S3 Ventures. What's your investment thesis and Talk about some of your great exits. Yeah, glad to. So we are the largest venture firm in Texas focused on Texas, and we do investments in the seed Series A and what we would call a Texas Series B around. Uh, some of these Series Bs are getting awfully big these days. Uh, we're typically doing five to six new deals a year, and we're probably putting, call it 30 to 50 million of capital to work a year. Our investment areas are primarily in software, and in healthcare, and then we do some digital experiences as well. We're very patient in our, our capital deployment. Uh, we're trying to find great investments to make, uh, implement our true resources. We talk about true resources that we bring to bear, and we're looking for big impacts. Uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about improving the human condition. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to see in software, but uh, in, in med tech and in healthcare, we are trying to make uh, the human condition better. Uh, we're, so we're looking at SaaS, kind of software businesses. Uh, we're looking at healthcare IT. We're looking at med tech, uh, digital experiences. So those are some of the areas that we're focusing on here in Texas. How about exits? So on the exit side, we've had a number of them. Uh, some, some great ones that I would uh, consider uh, Alchemy Technology. We, uh, went, uh, we did the Series A investment in that in 2011, and they went public uh, this year in April on the NASDAQ, which was very exciting. And we had uh, a great company called Favor that some of our fam um, Texans friends are familiar with that HEB bought in 2018. Uh, and the medical side, uh, TVA Medical, which creates uh, a fistula for 
access to you know to the blood. Uh, that was a company that Becton Dickinson bought in 2018. And then uh, more recently, a women's health company called Assessa Health, uh, led by Kim Rodriguez, great company. That was bought uh, by Hologic in 2020. And then a few others to round that out, we sold two companies to IBM, uh, both in the software area, Stored IQ and Gravitant. And then recently, uh, Live Oak was purchased by DocuSign. And so those are some of the, the great ones. Uh, you know, order of magnitude, we're making four, five, six times. And then with Alchemy, it's well over 11 times kind of return. So we're, we're very happy with those, uh, those great exits. Yeah, I can see why. From, from an outsider perspective, somebody just coming into Austin, the VC community here has historically been dominated by a few firms, obviously including Austin Ventures. And in 2015, Austin Ventures folded. Now, in other ecosystems, losing an anchor like that has some really negative ripple effects across the region. But in Austin, at least, it looks like the opposite occurred. We have several Austin Ventures alumni starting firms, and the vacuum was filled by both new local firms and venture capital companies moving here. What made this an accelerator event, and why was the folding of Austin Ventures six years ago more of a, a good thing, I guess, for Austin rather than a destructive one? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and of course, Austin Ventures did a lot of good things for Austin and Texas over the years and made some great investments. And I have to say that I was one of them. So the, the, second, the first company I built was funded by them. So I have a lot of experience with them. You know, their focus was national. And so it wasn't primarily only on Austin. And so I think Part of them coming apart allowed them, the different subgroups, to focus on Austin and Texas as one kind of key element. And I think, you know, a lot like you'll see in business where there's creative destruction, that happened, you know, here in that investment community. Uh, so, and then acceleration was happening over the years as they did invest in a number of Austin companies that grew and produced mid level product folks that could then go out and start their own businesses. So they were really foundational things happening. And I think, like you said, because they broke apart and because others have come here, we've just accelerated this amazing ecosystem and then seen it grown. Yeah. So speaking of that acceleration, the first half of 2021 has had historic numbers. You know, we, our second quarter, we hit about $1.8 billion of uh, investment, according to CB Insights, which beat our previous quarterly record by almost a billion dollars. So that's, that's, uh, that's an order of magnitude different there. And so we've already seen, you know, 2.5 billion in funding just in the kind of the first half. How are you seeing this year kind of running? What does your funding deployment look like so far this year? Yeah, I mean, a couple of key principles there, Jason. One is that we're just running at a higher velocity. The whole ecosystem is going at a higher velocity. We were classically three to four new deals a year. Now we're probably at five to six. Uh, at this point, uh, we're making decisions a little bit quicker. Uh, we love building relationships with entrepreneurs, but in this marketplace, you have to move a little bit faster. So it's headed a little bit more toward that transactional side, but we still are working hard to, to build relationships there. But so basically velocity is up. I think opportunity is up. Uh, you know, we've been focusing on Texas. We've thought it was a great place to be in the coming decades when we started in 2005. And that's born, been borne out, but we also have to, you know, run faster. Uh, so more opportunity, more entrepreneurs. Lots of great folks coming from other places. And of course, a, a bunch of great folks being, you know, graduating from startups here, starting their own things. So it's just a kind of a virtuous cycle accelerating the growth. I think the, the migration has obviously been a big thing that, you know, is kind of talked about a lot. And so you said you see people graduating from startups here and kind of doing their own thing and people moving. 
right now, at least in this year, we'll see how it kind of goes. How much would you say is kind of that recycle of Austin into Austin that you guys are funding versus people kind of, or at least Texas overall versus companies that are moving here or entrepreneurs that are moving here? Is it, you know, still 80, 20, uh, Texas born and bred, or is it kind of being a little more balanced? Well, it's hard to get specific numbers. Uh, These would be purely speculative guesses, but I would say, you know, two, three years ago, it felt like it was very highly Texas local recycling. But with the the great influx of last even 18 months, that number is probably 30% ish on the new and 70% on the existing. But I think it's really moving rapidly. And it's, you know, Austin's, as you know, is a great place to be and live. And so the, the lifestyle here is attractive to others to build maybe second or third companies. Well, one of the things that's interesting on that movement side, right? It's not just talent and companies, but it's actually other, you know, VC firms as well. We're seeing 8VC, HealthQuest, iFly uh, have all moved here. And then just the amount of funds that are being raised in the, you know, in the eight months that I've been here, you've got KDT, Revival, Gigafund, Trust, ATX Venture Partners, Sante. I'm sure I'm missing people, but that's almost two and a half billion of new capital floating around. How are you seeing the environment changing with just so much dry powder? Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's fostering even more opportunity, kind of number one. I'd say you know, some of those firms are nationally focused, and so they, they are going to deploy capital beyond uh, this specific uh, region, which is great. But we, but like you said, that those are um, the dollars being put to work here, and so it's going to raise valuations, expectations. It gives entrepreneurs more um, leverage, you know, in the negotiating. Uh, it's certainly, I think that there'll be more companies here, and so you get this virtuous cycle of repeat. Uh, entrepreneurs, uh, something may not work and they, you know, started the next thing. Uh, so I think it's just a very positive thing for the community. And like I said, I think valuations will stay strong and and it'll uh, continue to grow. And, and you know, it, it's not going to fade quickly. I, I used to worry about Austin back in 2004 when things were getting a little slow, but there's a lot of capital here and I think it's going to undergird the economy well. Do you see that kind of valuations increase coming across the stages or um, are we seeing some, I always worry about, obviously, when you have creeping valuations, especially at, say, Seed and Series A, that companies are able to actually live up to that when it's really the competition that's driving. So how are you kind of seeing those valuations go across the stages? Yeah, I think you've identified a great challenge. Uh, certainly, there's generic uplift in each of those stages. But I think the challenge is, can the companies grow into those you know, increasing expectations? And so it's it some of them can and and you know god bless them they, they should keep growing uh, but it is something to be thoughtful about as an entrepreneur to say do i make make sure that i raise the right amount of capital at the right valuation so i can grow into it and continue to you know be successful because I, I think one of the unfortunate things is if you get too far ahead of yourself you may get overlooked you know for that next round and that can be a tough place to live i do think interesting also kind of historically at least what i've heard has been you know we haven't seen the really large, you know, B, C, D rounds in Austin, right? You haven't seen that kind of those really big things. What I find interesting is just taking, say, Q2 numbers, you, know, you had two $300 million deals, a couple of uh, $100 plus million deals. So there's a consistency in now in the size and really getting into these, you know, unicorns and possibly, you know, DECA unicorns coming. Do you see that that changing, especially now with the excess capital here that we can have local capital doing deals of that size? Yeah, I think that's certainly that there can be syndicate participants. I'm not sure that we can have, that we yet have the capacity to lead 
those size deals. You know, putting 50 million to work in a Series B or C is it takes a firm that's got you know at least 500 million of capital. So we, I'm not sure we're completely there yet, but we're certainly growing there. I mean, you know, my, our firm used to talk you know three years ago about 50 million dollar rounds being a thing, and now they're just kind of passe and it's you know 100 plus and of course, our, our company, Alchemy, raised a $140 million crossover round before going public. So we're getting to experience those things kind of firsthand. But I do think, Jason, that they're coming. And it's going to, just like it's been reflective in other parts of our economy, there's a value to these private companies getting bigger kind of privately longer before they get public. And so I do, I do think that those will become the norm over time. Oh, that's, that's great. And it'll be interesting, of course, when they go public and having the capital recycle, and then you have those kind of big, uh, big public companies as well, like Bumble being, you know, and, and Disco being great examples. Great examples. Yep. One of the things that we found great about since moving here is just how collaborative Austin is. And my question to you is, how is that really translating over to the VC world? Are you seeing kind of this great integration between the established players and the new to Austin? Obviously, the, the, the worst case scenario you can see from all the migration is having almost two different ecosystems kind of running in. Now, I can speak from myself that it's all been very welcoming, but how are you seeing? Are you seeing syndicates kind of across the board? What, what's going on? Yeah, I think very collaborative is a good word. That's been historically the way Austin and Texas have been. They've been welcoming of new entrepreneurs and new investors, and I think that should, can and should continue. Uh, we've historically, with uh, some of the longer uh, term funds, been co-investors with them, had a number of good exits, like the favor would being one of them, as an example, co-invested with another firm. And, and so we're oriented that way as a firm at S3. We want to be collaborative with the group. I think it'll take a little bit of time for the new folks to kind of fully integrate in, but we're hoping that, the, that that'll work with them and looking forward to co-investing. You've seen it already with some of the firms joining investments here in the area. So I think it's it's on the right trajectory and I think that collaboration will continue. We certainly welcome it. One of the interesting things about kind of the, the collaboration doesn't just happen obviously at the people level, but kind of across the sector level, right? So something that's been great in Austin has been this explosions of new sectors. We're not just a semiconductor or you know enterprise software, but we see CPG, space, life science, media tech, energy, quantum, you name it, I'm missing a tons of things, right? As that explosion of sectors has happened, have you seen your thesis evolve over the last few years to kind of go where the puck is going or how, how has it been changing? Yeah, it's a super good question. Our thesis has started with a geography focus as opposed to a sector focus. So we've been primarily interested in seeing Texas grow and seeing great companies built here. And so we've had to learn, you know, Jason, the new areas. I think there's some areas where our instincts aren't that great. And uh, certainly in the pure consumer, we'll probably not be there. Uh, I'm a terrible proxy for what people like, but uh, there, there are other, you know, great opportunities for us to learn. Uh, we still think there's a great, you know, set of business uh, companies, healthcare, IT, and some of the things that you mentioned that we're certainly learning quickly about. And so I, I think for us, the thesis has been, we just got to learn these new areas. We, we're focused on the geography, building businesses here in Texas, and we welcome, you know, these new opportunities to be engaged with great entrepreneurs. That's great. Do you see any particular sector or area that becomes a kind of, you know, Austin special, right? That there's only, it only could happen in Austin. It only can kind of grow in that space. What is it that kind of makes, I think, Austin unique for, uh, for these type of sectors? Yeah, it's a, it's a super good question. Uh, I think in, in the, that's a, oh boy, a tough one. Um, I think you've got 
great skills in software, growing in healthcare, but I don't know that there's anything particularly unique. It might be in CPG because I just don't know the area super well. I mean, the food here in Austin, as you know, is amazing. And so maybe yes, that'll definitely. yield a bunch of great uh, new unicorns in the in the food world. But uh, the the talent pool is, you know, global when it comes to software. And so it's not going to be maybe particularly unique in that area. So right now we are in the top 10 of U.S. regions for startup funding. We're one of the fastest growing. And as I said before, I think it there's some consistency with that growth. So it says it's sustainable. We, I think we have a shot at making top five in short order. And capital itself has tended to be a magnet for startup formations. As we have, as we said, like two and a half billion floating around. People are like, hey, I know we're all remote. I know this is kind of this collaboration and things can happen anywhere, but the 20-minute rule may still be in effect and people wanting to be close to where capital is. What do you expect to see in terms of deal flow scale and scope going forward? We've seen kind of obviously the craziness we're talking about this year, but looking out, you know, five, 10 years, um, as much as you can predict. Well, my my simple thumb in our thesis uh, at S3 is that Austin and Texas can become the second largest venture ecosystem by 2030. And so we see it inexorably heading in that direction. And so, as you mentioned, we're kind of number five-ish, but that number we think will climb to four, three, and ultimately to two. And we love to be a, you know, a participant in that. So I think deal flow only goes up, scale goes up, opportunity goes up, quality of entrepreneurs continues to go up. And the, the breadth of what can happen here is really unlimited. Uh, and I think in terms of livability of the city and the things that, that are present in Austin and in Texas, they're going to continue to, to attract even more capital. So you're going to be talking next year about how $5 billion, you know, got put to work here. That's great and a wonderful prediction, obviously. So clearly, capital is here and is growing, but there's other really important components that drive both startup and entrepreneurial ecosystem success. What are the challenges that Austin faces going forward? Yeah, it's, it's one of the best questions. Uh, I, I think, number one, businesses are about people and talent and relationships. And so you have to get talent to here. Now, Obviously, with virtual opportunities, that doesn't exactly have to be, but, but companies typically are very good when they're together. And, and we're in this new world of, can, can you do it all over Zoom uh, in a virtual company? It's an interesting question, but I think that'll be more rare than it will be the, the more common case. So I do think talent is number one question. I think number two, because people are gonna have to live somewhere, you gotta have places for them to live that, that are affordable and can work. And so I think for the mid and lower, lower level talent in a company, it's got to be affordable to get to and live in Austin. As, as you know, then you've read the headlines, it's houses are getting to be a little spendy around here and, and, and the competition for them is, is high. So I think the cost of living is something we've got to think through and, and be thoughtful about, make sure there's infrastructure, uh, figure out how to do work from home and work together uh, well. And then um, not really, I think my last point would be the, the culture of Texas and Austin has been hey, let's collaborate. Let's be helpful to each other. Uh, I'd love to see that continue because I think that'll foster you know, some great increase in the, uh, in, in, the, in the days ahead. I think we'd love to see that as well. Our final question is always the simplest one. Brian, what's next, Austin? Yeah, uh, I always like to say that predictions are hard, especially when they relate to the future. But um, you know, I think becoming that second largest ecosystem is the is the next big thing and just the progression to that i think we've had this amazing diversity of businesses coming you mentioned it earlier jason and 
there are investors coming, there are entrepreneurs coming, there's the local community growing. And so that, that diversity of business is just going to continue to grow wide, I think. And we'll get a broader base of, of where capital gets deployed. Uh, but when it, but picking specific winners is going to be tough from here. But uh, I do think the, the summary is this is going to be a great place over the next decade, and it'll be number two by 2030. Well, that's great. And I'm sure that you guys are going to be able to pick a lot of winners. Brian, it's been great having you on with us today. Thank you so much for joining us on Austin Next. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. So what's next, Austin? We're glad you've joined us on this journey. Please subscribe at your favorite podcast catcher. Leave us a review and let your colleagues know about us. This will help us grow the podcast and continue bringing you unique interviews and insights. Thanks again for listening and see you soon.